and welcome back to the Power Hour. It's your money. Your host, Alan Castor. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. You know, we've been talking about the taxes because this is the tax season. Lord knows we have to talk about many aspects when we're looking at your money. Right now, the tax season is so prevalent in people's minds and before them, that's where we're going to concentrate the next several sessions on um, your expectations for your tax returns and being ready for 2019. Not much is going to change through this year. Perhaps we won't get any change until a new administration is taking place. So the tax codes have certainly been, in many cases, a greater benefit to the wealthy. But I want you to, be, want you to not have your rage misplaced because I don't fault people for wanting to take advantage of tax breaks and uh, bemoaning ones and those who do. So the purpose of our sub-program is to enlighten you and to empower you about those various things that you can take advantage of to improve your financial situation. You see, it is our goal and objective to make your money work as hard for you as you have for it. So we're grateful that you'll be here today. You can join us by calling in live at the, our telephone number, 240-719-2560. That is 240-719-2560. Well, I'm sure you, many of you have gotten your refund checks, and you may have been a little surprised that they were a little smaller than they had been in previous years. There's a real explanation for that. One, in the, the Tax uh, Cut and Jobs Act bill, the president thought it was wise that he would allow you to have more of your income in your checks, your take-home pay. Well, the, the backside of that is that you paid fewer dollars into your federal withholdings. And so, therefore, as a result, you will probably see a smaller reduced uh, refund check. Many people have been surprised and outraged, and the comments have been all over the airways. And so uh, we understand how you might very well be a little disappointed. But if we once we take a look at that uh, more closely, you'll find that you have pretty much broke even and may have even come ahead a bit. And without a doubt, there are a few people who will, have, who will uh, result in seeing a smaller check. So let's see, let's take a look at what has gone on in this year's income tax preparation. Well, in the uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act, known as the TCJA, um, there were several things that have been removed. Some things have been improved. One of the things that have been removed from the tax codes is the exemption for each and every individual on your tax return. I tend to call it a cost of living deduction. It's the exemptions valued at $4,050 for every individual on your tax return. That has been removed. And let's get some real numbers out here so we can see the effects of that. For an example, a person that earns $50,000 and has an, a two-family income, two-family, husband and wife, and say two children. Well, on that $50,000, Heretofore, you were able to reduce it by $20,200. That is 
times $4,050. And I, I'm going to correct that number. That will be $16,200, that math. So you get an opportunity to reduce your gross income before taxes are ever computed and assessed by that $16,400, bringing your income down to $33,600 in that example. So right off the top, you would think, I'm going to have a higher level of taxable income. And indeed you would when you look at that factor. Now, to offset that, the president has proposed and has been enacted that each individual now on the tax return will bring a credit. Heretofore, children ages 16 and under were able to, the tax prepare, uh, taxpayer could reduce or expect to receive a $1,000 credit for each child that was 16 and under. So let's assume that in that example, a family of four had two children under 16. Um, that would be an additional $2,000 that would be applied to your taxes. That credit, however, is being used to pay off your tax bill. Well, the adjustment that has been taking place is that that has been doubled. So now each child ages, two, uh, ages 16 and under are going to be able to take a $2,000 credit towards their tax bill. But here comes something new. There are people on your taxes that may very well be grandparents, could be your parents, as well as the children that are above the age of 17. Well, now with this new Jobs Act, there is a $500 credit for each of those individuals, uh, enabling you to then pay more of your tax bill through the credit system. And that, what does that do, in, in fact? Even though he's removed the exemptions, even though he has actually allowed you to bring home greater income and that you will have and will experience fewer federal income tax dollars withheld, <coughs> with those credits, you will find that you will bring your refund check back in line with where it was just prior, the prior year. Now, we must keep in fact that if you're going to compare years, you need to compare your sources of income and the levels of income. People may be experiencing anywhere from 1% to 2% increases in income to 12 and 20%. So it does not, you, it's not lost on you, it should not be lost on you that if your income increases, that you will find yourself having to pay greater taxes. But if you would follow that scenario through, when it gets to the place where it's time to determine your tax liability, then subtract the credits from it that your income tax return that you might very well s receive will be somewhere in the same range that you had experienced in the years before. So a lot of hoopla has come, have gone around with regards to this tax, and lots of people have had their concerns. One of the nice things that we have learned and people can take greater advantage of is that because these benefits were slanted to help the most wealthiest people in the country, it also allows even those who are setting out to do individual businesses. And so with that concept that if you have a viable business on your tax return and it returns a profit to you, 
that inside these new instructions and codes, you will be allowed to take a 20% reduction on the proceeds of your business prior to you having to compute that 20% tax that will go against the proceeds of the earnings that you realize from your business. So that's a benefit that surely will help even the, the least of us in businesses and, the and making income. But it will indeed uh, please those who are making many thousands and many millions of dollars because they can take 20% away from that, basically putting it in their pocket, reinvesting it, uh, saving it, uh, whatever their choices are, but they will, will not have to pay taxes on it. And so this is why you may hear in the uh, conversations that these tax matters support uh, the wealthiest owners far greater than they will the lesser people. But with that in mind, we want to prepare ourselves for 2019 because if you have that wonderful idea, if you are currently working in a business, you, uh, you should be preparing yourself to take advantage of these new codes and laws. And one way to do that is to secure yourself a good tax advisor. Surely uh, there are many organizations that can do the, the simple tax returns. But what you would want to have is someone who can uh, serve as a mentor, serve as a coach, and help you understand the tax laws so that you will be able to take advantage of things. Because the bottom line is that if the Internal Revenue Services wishes to challenge you on your tax return, the one thing that will prevail would be your documentation. So we need to be cautious about how we keep records. Yes, this may very well become a lesson in bookkeeping for you, but going into business is not as simple as just making the next best mousetrap. You will have to learn how to navigate through the regulatory process, both at the state level and at the federal level, that you will not be, you know, you will not be found caught short and your tax return rejected because we were unable to do the right things, such as the documentation, the registration. So, when we come back in our next section, we're going to talk more about those kinds of regulatory affairs so that you will be in a position to do that. We just thank you for joining us at this time, and we look forward to you staying along here with us. And by all means, feel free to give us a call here at 240-719-2560. We'll be right back right after this short break. Thank you.
Thank you for sticking with me. This section is sponsored by Castor Turnage and Associates, the income tax specialist, located in Washington, D.C. at 1715 Fifth Street. Give them a call at area code 202-232-3232 for some of the finest tax consulting that you'll be able to receive here on the East Coast. And be mindful that as this is a national program, they are capable of handling your tax matters from coast to coast. So we were talking about the regulatory process in the last segment, and I want to pick this up on about those smaller refunds that people are receiving. You know, I talked a little bit about, much about the federal impact of these taxes. I want you to know that, yes, what goes on in the federal has its implications and impacts on the state. And where that is most noted is when individuals do the itemized deductions tax return. Several forms of tax returns are available and, only, and, a, and a good tax advisor will be able to guide you and lead you through that. But let's, uh, let's look at the um, parameters for which an individual will choose to do an itemized deduction tax return. And it starts again with the job cut, I'm going to start the Tax Cut and Jobs Act bill. Previous years, an individual who was single was allowed to deduct from his income an additional transaction, and that is called the standard deduction. It seems that the, f the frameworks of the federal government was allowing people to have a basic cost of living allowance in their earnings, because it does take money to actually go out and earn money. So let's look at that single person. That single individual was allowed to deduct $6,350 from his tax return, and that helped to reduce his income. An individual who will be an adult with a child or even a, an adult individual on their tax return would have the following status of a head of house. That value was $9,350. Then the third and most prevalent one would be the uh, married filing joint tax return. Heretofore, the individuals without ever having to define any of the write-offs in their tax return was allowed to take a deduction of income of $12,600. This is a matter that was allowed to happen years prior to this 2018. Now, there is a slight uh, gradual change in those, those standard deductions stating, dating back like 10 years, and each year they were changed. But in the last two years, they were st static at $4,050. Oh, please forgive me. Uh, the standard deductions were pretty much standard at throughout the whole 10 years. It is the itemized deduction or the exemption, I'm sorry to misstate, which had that gradual uh, change in its value. But back to the standard deduction for the single head of house and married filing joint taxpayer. Well, those numbers that I cited, three, nine, I'm sorry, six, nine, and 12, have been modified so that in 2018, a single individual now will be able to deduct $12,000 from their standard income. Head of house, $18,000. And those who are married, $12,400, I'm sorry, $24,000. Those dollars are allowed, you are allowed to reduce your taxes by those rates without any regard to what kinds of medical expenses you may have incurred, 
what kinds of property taxes, what kind of state income taxes, what kinds of charitable or deductions or mortgage interest that you might have had. You, now you need not have to detail that information and you're able to reduce your taxes. So that's a benefit that has and is as a result of the new tax code. And many, 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 many people are benefiting from that higher standard of deduction. So with regards to that, we are asking that um, you take a closer look at your tax return because that will show you how there could very well be some benefits for you. Now, as that is an activity that you can, without a doubt, uh, take advantage of, it will have its implications at the state level. And we've recognized that in the tax returns for the state of Maryland and in the state of Virginia, and we surely will research other states that we might have to uh, do a tax return for, um, that they were adversely impacted because the standard deduction that was now being provided does not automatically carry over to the state. And you would need a, a, an individual tax preparer who is astute in that and recognizing that it will still perhaps behoove that taxpayers itemize their tax return. And they, that value that they compute to be certain that it carries over to the state. Otherwise, the state will use a smaller number, and as a result of that, you'll pay higher taxes, and then bottom line there, smaller state refunds. So I would like for you to be cautious of that, aware of it. Tell your tax preparers uh, about that phenomena, and make sure that they are aware. And if they are not, give us a call, and we'll surely help you. Again, we are taking your calls live on the line if you need further explanation or clarity on this at 240-719-2650. We just thank you so much for joining us today, and we are taking your calls. So let's talk about um, the impacts of that itemized deduction. I've, I've, I've met a couple that had itemized in the years past and found that you know, that was a good way to go. But now that their estate tax returns were smaller, and it, it oftentimes reflects back on just how well the software is written and how knowledgeable your tax preparer is. That's why we try to encourage people to get tax advisors, people who have been trained, people who are, are experienced in a variety of taxes, that they might be aware of these changes and know how to look beyond the guard, be on the lookout for them, so that you will be able to benefit most by them. And so, as we still want to believe that um, those higher standard deductions will benefit you, there may be those instances where it will behoove you to itemize your taxes, even if it does not reach the levels of your standard deduction. So for an example, a person who is married, and let's say that they even have a house, and that's a great thing, and they pay property taxes, and they have charitable contributions, but after all of those have been computed, they did not exceed that $24,000. Well, um, most softwares are equipped to take the default value there to so say, I'm going to give you the larger one. Well, in that same example, if you only computed $23,000 worth of deductions, um, the states of Maryland and the states of Virginia just do not use that standard deduction and give that rate. So you have to make certain and you have to indicate that you want to take the itemized deduction calculations 
without respect to the standard deduction because, even though they're lower, because it will benefit your state tax return. So you want to be on guard for that. And any of the tax preparers who have not come across that or have not been able to understand that rule, we encourage them to give us a call too. So we don't mind uh, assisting uh, individuals who are trying to help the community. Because our bottom line and our goal and objective here is to empower you so that you know how to make your money work harder for you than you have for it. So that's our um, lesson for the day on that regard. And we're going to continue on our conversation about some of the greater benefits of having your own business. You know, many of us have great talents. And due to situational things, we find ourselves working in a job that is not exactly uh, the heartthrob of our uh, existence. And that we have a compassion for doing things, be it cooking. You know, we have some of the finest cooks in the world, but they work in an office as a clerical assistant. Or we might have people who are great with children and have many of their own. But that early learning and that early handling of children might be something that they have a great knack of and for. Well, that's those kinds of things that people have that are good, that comes natural, that they have a passion for. It's what we're encouraging people to sit down and learn how that can be an alternative means to a 9-to-5 job. Now, we are not disparaging 9-to-5 jobs. We're not disparaging education. Well, I even encourage my children to get the finest education they get and, if possible, obtain the greatest job they can. But I wanted to also make sure that they are aware that there are other alternatives. And not everybody has the ability to get that advanced degree or have the wherewithal, the finances to do that. So we want to talk about how you can use the skills that you have, the uh, information that you know, and how to convert that into a viable business for your taxes. Because the bottom line, it is your money. And you have only but a finite amount of time to earn the kind of money that you may need to support your survival and your family. And so what we want you to know is that if you concentrate and do some of the basic things well at the early outset of your business and your careers, that you will be able to reap the benefits of a finer retirement and perhaps even at an earlier age. And above all of that, you might be able to leave a legacy for your family. How nice it would be for your grandchildren to come up knowing that their tuition is already prepaid. All they have to do is walk into uh, their life with your guidance and, and what you've provided for them. And in doing so, at the same time, you will be able to uh, increase the uh, power and strength of your money because those will provide you tax-deductible kinds of things to your tax returns. So we look forward to sharing that information with you today and in the future sessions. It's gonna, it is our desire that we'll bring in uh, individuals from the federal, state, and uh, commercial industries to talk about what you can do, the simplest things. I mean, right now, for an educational purpose, the, most states have a program called the tuition prepayment, uh, also known as the 529 payment plan. And so with that, money can be put aside for your loved one's education and at the same time be counted as a tax deduction for yourself. 
and, and what we can, what one of the one most wonderful things we can do for our family, children, and loved ones is to be able to eradicate some debt that they would no doubt have to encounter. Student loan debt today is at some of the highest it's ever been. And the unfairness, in my perspective, is the cost of those student loans. People are paying 8 and 9% interest and some higher. When yet you can go out and buy the equivalent car for perhaps a 1% loan. I, I find that just an absolute travesty in, in America, that for someone who wishes to improve their life, to improve their productivity, to add to the uh, enrichment of this country, that that entity that we need, money for education, costs us so dearly. I hope that some of our legislators will hear this and that they will, will be uh, moved to take a closer look at these student loans. And it, the, it's just unfathomable to me. I'm getting to see so many individuals who have gone to school and now working in their careers and yet are still strapped with student loan debt. And the odd thing about it is that the interest that you pay on those student loans will perhaps not be acceptable on your tax return. And they will be limited because of your level of income. An individual earning $85,000 a year will not be able to receive a tax deduction for the interest paid on student loans. And in that same scenario, an individual who has a child who has, and you are paying tuition, be it through student loans or just forthright, you will be unable to take and receive the types of credits that are generated. There is one called the Lifetime Credit worth $1,000. There's the second one called the American Opportunity Credit worth $1,500. Those two credits are limited based on your income. So an individual who had gone to school and put in a number of years of work on a place, probably his income could be easily exceeding 85000 Married couples will have the ceiling of 165000 and so many people with a two-income household will not be able to uh, qualify for those kinds of credits. And we think that that's just wrong, but it will require a grassroots movement to your Congress people to get them to move on this. At a minimum, there should be a graduating scale on income so that there will be another opportunity for a person to get uh, that help even if their income increases from 85 to 90 to a hundred thousand dollars that this there should be some provisions because of the uh, the interest rate that people are paying on student loans as well as the size of student loans in general a four-year education could very easily cost you to rack up over a hundred thousand dollars in educational expenses. You proceed to go to the postgraduate for a master's degree, another twenty-five to 50000 It is relative to what school you go to, too. Believe me, the school choice makes a difference. Um, and then now, what used to be a benefit of it being considered a con uh, continuing education matter, that has been removed so that those individuals who perhaps are in medical school, law schools, and just seeking a PhD in certain areas, we have no place.
to take that deduction. While they continue to advance themselves and their skills so that they might be able to be a more productive citizen, they'll find themselves without the assistance of the federal government. And we're just concerned about it. We put it out there. People need to figure out how they're going to handle these student loans and this cost of high-rising cost of tuition. So it behooves every family set that have young children to prepare for those days when education is going to be paid for and not just a, a given, such as the public school systems, uh, so that they will not have to confront that high cost of tuition and then the effects of trying to pay back student loans on their children. It just straps them down. A $100,000 debt coming out of a school where they didn't have to try to uh, survive with housing, transportation, and maybe even a family themselves. That's a burden that takes them many, many years to overcome. So more when we come back. We're happy to take your calls at 240-719-2560. Right now, we'll be back with more of It's Your Money. Thank you in a minute. An hour goes by really fast.
welcome back to It's Your Money with your host, Alan Caskill. We appreciate your presence here with us today. Talking about It's Your Money, <coughs> so you need to get a handle on it. You need to know where it's going and where it's coming from. And one of the first things that a family needs to do, and not just a family, but every individual, is establish and create a budget. Then commit yourself to that. Try to limit creating unnecessary debt. You know, and it's community, uh, in this area here of the DMV, this is a, a Washington, Maryland, Virginia area, we find that um, individuals will spend a higher portion of their income for housing, food, clothes, and transportation. So when you look at these items that are necessities of life, we need to make certain that we're living within a means by virtue of a budget that would enable you to allow you to have more money to save and to invest. So we caught, we're, we're just constantly encouraging people to know just how much debt they have, to know what it costs to live from paycheck to paycheck, from month to month. In, in December, uh, many, many people got the rudest awakening of their life when they were unable to go to work because the federal government has shut down. And the many people who have these very uh, confident and assured jobs found themselves without those paychecks and yet put themselves into a, a whirlwind of difficulty. It's really for, a, for all of us to do a check on where we stand just based on that experience. We, we can no longer live in such a situation, a volatile situation, whereas the loss of one income or should heaven ever always forbid the loss of two incomes in a household, that they find themselves not knowing where they're going to be able to obtain the resources uh, for continuing to support their living existence. That's why most financial planners and uh, advisors will tell you to save up six months worth of income so that you might be able to sustain yourself should things like illnesses, untimely deaths, job change situations, just catastrophic events in your life so that you will not find yourself in the place of possibly losing your home losing your transportation, being unable to allow your children to continue on in their education, and not even knowing where your next meal may come from. We found people who were in the federal government system, civil servant workers standing in food lines, pantries, churches, and communities all over this country, uh, opened their doors and welcomed them and, and helped them because we are all just really one source of income away from poverty, and we need to work on that. We need to correct that. We need to be prepared for that, because one of the things that people might have always thought how safe and secure a federal government job was, we've caught, we've, we see the reality of the volatility that that is not an absolute given. So you must prepare yourself, and there's no better time than now, as in this tax season, you are recognizing the impacts of the changes of the tax law to, you, to yourselves and to your families.
we need to take heed. We are supposed to be good stewards over our income. There are very valid uh, practical reasons and expectations found throughout the Holy Writ, the Bible, and perhaps whatever uh, religious and religion matter that you follow, that we ought to be good stewards over our finances. So we should not live beyond our means. And where there is sacrifices, it's better to make them now. One of the sacrifices that I find that people uh, fall, find, fall in prey of is the, the latest and greatest new automobile placed on the marketplace. And the way that we buy cars with the financing that is out there, it just makes it an unwise decision. For we pay perhaps too much for the car at the outset, and then if you finance it, then it you are going to pay an additional five to $10,000 for a vehicle that is losing its value every time you turn the key. So we need to be cognizant of that and perhaps hold on to the vehicles we have just a bit longer so that we can arrest and get rid of all of these other debts and matters that are coming before us. And surely if you're looking at uh, educational costs, medical costs, more housing adjustments, we need to make sure that our funding is there to do less financing. And should we finance, we need to have smart debt. What, is, what am I saying when I speak of smart debt? I'm saying that is something which can be carried to your tax return and have treated as a deduction. And the, the deductions that can do that now are typically your home ownership. You, might, you will have your mortgage interest, and you could very well have a secondary loan on your home called the home equity line of credit. That interest that's generated from those two indebtednesses are tax uh, related or tax deductible. And so we want you to become wise and better stewards over that which you have and learn how to tap into those resources. So rather than uh, spending uh, $5,000, $10,000 for a child's tuition or using it as student loan, utilize your home, the equity, the equity in your home to pay off some of these debts that now will not carry any benefits to you throughout the course of your lifetime. And again, we're talking about empowering you, giving you that knowledge base, showing you how th these things can be done so that you can mitigate the cost of your living reduction in your taxes and the building and to, to build and improve your wealth because when it's all said and done, it is about your families and your survival as well as um, leaving that legacy so that others do not have to, you know, go up, uh, come up in life, you know, with that same type of struggle. We need to break that chain and that's what the purpose of this program is. And it is our hope that we will be able to impart the kinds of knowledge and wisdom to you that you'll be able to make wiser decisions with your money. For you do want your money to work as hard for you as you have had to work for it. Thank you for joining us today. We're grateful that you took the time out to tune in. And if you find that you catch this uh, program on another platform as another hour, you can still reach us, and I ask you to give us a call at 
Castor, Turnage, and Associates at 1715 5th Street, Northwest Washington, D.C., 20001. Our telephone number is 202-232-3232. We have uh, counselors, we have tax preparers standing by to take your call, your questions, and make an appointment for you to come in and sit down and learn more about what it takes to empower you to make your money work harder for you than you do for it. We'll be right back to you in about 30 seconds or so, so please stand by. But feel free to give us a call here online at 240-719-2560. Thank you so much for being with us today. You know, we talk about savings, and now we see that individuals need to get a handle and make savings one of your uh, requisites when you're looking and working on your budget. Um, things like credit cards, you need to kind of eliminate those as much as you can. Anything that's continually to grow in the size of its debt it tends to just continue to erode your ability to save money and maximize the strength of the money that you have by being able to purchase things in its entirety. So we look at that, we talk about things like that, um, and if in fact uh, picking up a, a, another type of, of, of employment to help you get past your debts, uh, there are many types of services now that individuals can enact uh, put in the time, that meaning that they can prescribe their own amount of time that they put into it. They can work as hard and as long as they like, but with, with a goal in mind. Have a goal in mind. So if you elect to become a, uh, a, 
a transporter by virtue of the Lyft and Uber services, and there are several others. I don't mean to just drop names on these people because they surely have more than ability to advertise their services. But you can find that you can get involved with something like that and with the proper goals established. You can eliminate and eradicate that pesty old debt that is just constantly eroding your wealth. For you need to always keep before you that if you are raising a family, intend to have a family, intend to leave something behind for loved ones, you don't need it to be debt. For debt is just going to be a problem that erases and erodes that which you have worked so hard to have. So we want to consider that so, so very much. Um, the uh, educational piece, even for grandparents, members who have raised their children, they're off and doing productive things and, and now are enjoying the fruits of their labors, can help their grandchildren and help themselves with these tuition prepayment programs. So it's not just a matter that is only related to the childbearing parents, but that grandparents can also take advantage of a tax-deductible contribution to the tuition prepayment program known as the 529 plans that they will be able to uh, help and ensure that those great debts for education, continuing education, can be mitigated by having resources. And what a great gift to give your, your family and your loved ones because that is one of the things that will enable them to come out into the work world without having the burden of a lot of student loan debt upon them. You know, so very often that's how I've gotten to see that in many communities, what a head start when you can start out on a job and not have 30, 40% of your money going to student loan debts and that you then will be more prepared to start making that kind of a life investment in home ownership. You know, that's something that the sooner we can get involved in and get started with, the better individuals will be in the long run. Because uh, in the industry of real estate, that is a wealth producing structure. We encourage people. And I encourage those who have even the uh, least idea that they can afford to do so, to meet with some financial experts who, and even realtors in that regard, to see just what they can afford. And rather than paying it to a landlord, I'm not a big proponent to paying it to banks, but it at least uh, provi provides you with a wealth building entity and it also gives you an opportunity to be able to tap into a resource that will be able to help you in some of the financial aspects that you will encounter throughout your life. So we're going to wrap up the show still talking more about handling your money during the income tax seasons because that is where we are right before us right now. And I do encourage you, strongly encourage you, to start now and preparing for your 2019 taxes. Something so simple as making a contribution to some of your favorite organizations, 
or to your church or synagogues, that if you make these contributions and receive uh, the necessary receipts, uh, you will do yourself a favor. And so I encourage those individuals who are, are faith-based and will find themselves making contributions to do so by forms of electronic charge on their charge card, ATM type uh, instrument, or just writing checks. But for certain, even if it's placing funds in an envelope and recording your name and address on it will be beneficial, but that you keep track of your charitable contributions because they are going to be important for they are one of now only a few of the deductions. So we want to encourage you to be studious about what you're spending and be generous because it really does help. This is one of the most giving societies in the world and we want to encourage you and to ask you to continue to do so because you will help someone else along the way. So with these taxes, we've talked about what the standard deductions are for individuals. No one is to be have to be to adhere to just a standard deduction for as many items as you can lawfully document and you may deduct. So you may find, and I have seen this happen numerous times, that people in their early 20s, that they can itemize their tax return for the greater good. It just takes the discipline of knowing uh, what you're doing through the course of the year and someone knowledgeable with getting it to a tax return for you. And for me, I like to think that I inform and educate uh, tax clients because you know information is powerful and knowing what's on a tax return helps individuals to have ownership when they are knowledgeable of what goes in it. And when, it's, when you're knowledgeable, you are less concerned about what uh, the possibilities of someone challenging something in your tax return. So we really want you to, I really want to emphasize the documentation aspect of your taxes. Keep the necessary receipts and, and, and share them with your tax consultant. And speaking of receipts, you know, there's another kind of deduction that one can receive and that is a deduction for the value of the things that you donate to industries such as the Salvation Army, the Goodwill Industry, um, the National Children's Center. There's a plethora of organizations that will receive your goods, clothes, household items, some of your automotive things, uh, your technical stuff, with all the musical things that are out there, your cell phones. These organizations will gladly take these things, refurbish them, perhaps even sell them to help support their cause and allow others who are less fortunate than you to benefit from those things that are no longer of, of use to yourself. But the operative manner here is that you practice the principle of documenting those items. I do not wish for anyone to go to any platform and leave bags of goods, boxes of things, have someone in a truck come and pick them up without you having detailed 
what those items are and to classify them in a condition of good, fair, or excellent, and really provide an estimated value. So my, my recommendation is that individuals who wish to make donations to take time and itemize them on a regular sheet of paper, state their condition, state what you think is the value of them, and attach it to the receipt that you will get from these institutions when you make donations and then deliver that to your tax preparer that he'll have grounds for providing you with a value of those things that you have donated. So that's one of the tips that I want to leave with you today uh, along with documenting your charitable contributions and being ready for your taxes season. And if you are inclined to take on the responsibility of a business that you seek counsel before you start because of being in business comes with responsibilities. You'll have responsibilities to the federal and state levels. You'll have responsibilities for documenting your expenses and your income that you will make certain that your tax returns are done in an accurate manner. And all in all, because whether you earn money or whether you lose it, it is about it's your money and on a tax return, it's vital about accuracy. So we want to encourage you, encourage you. That's what we do here. And give us a call at area code 240-719-2560. We're more than happy to take your calls online and discuss this. It's going to be my plan in the near future to bring on experts in all areas of finances, all possible uh, business entities that can be made available to you so that you might be able to hear and question them as to the uh, pros and cons of getting involved with something so, so much like that. So join us again next Monday between 2 and 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time so when it will be again time for It's Your Money. We invite you to search the YouTube network for recordings of this program and that you might be able to share it with your family and friends and have a good discussion. Again, I appreciate your presence with me today. We look forward to coming back with you next week and we ask that you continue to watch your money. Thank you for being with us. Have a pleasant day. See you next week. Don't